Hi, this is Ray Park. I play Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon Podcast. Check it out, listen, make sure the force is strong. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An Elegant Weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. and gentlemen welcome to an elegant weapon episode 224 my name is jjm clark j the jedi ross ross jedi j i am your host and as always welcome back beautiful babies to the l5j studios right here in clarkson ontario canada this is it kids we are coming to the end to the end of what you ask of course to the end of 2016 and what a shit show it was uh, thank God <laughs> that is uh, slowing down. But we do have some very positive, wonderful things to talk about as well. Hanging out right here with me on the last show of the year, Pod Brother, fellow POIer. He is the co-host of All Things Good and Nerdy and CMYK TV. He is Anthony Bachman. I'm one with the Force. The Force is one with me. That is goddamn well right. Also joining Mm. us, he (laughs) she's getting excited already. (laughs) Also joining us, he is the host of the Ninja Starship podcast, also on POI and Podcast Detroit. He is Jimmy McKnight. What's up? Happy to be here. Thank you for being here. And uh, also, also, it wouldn't be right to end the year out joining us. All the way from Michigan, she writes Nora. It's an amazing comic book. She also wrote Pieces of Madness. It's getting a reissue. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Cosmic Casey Pierce. Hello. So, I have nothing witty to say. I'm sorry. I'm, it's like it's the end of the night. I'm that's tired. okay. I'm freezing cold. <laughs> that's all right. This show isn't exactly known for its wittiness, but uh, <laughs> it is known for its awesome guests. I'd like to thank... Uh, it's been a fun year. It's been a great year. There's been a lot of crazy shit happen, but you have great to think. Great year? Well, what 2016 did you have? Hold on. You, it's got to be a great year. Any year that you get through is a great year to a, year. a certain <laughs> Yeah, that we view. get through, but so many didn't. <laughs> yeah. This is true. And including not hours ago, Miss Jaja Gabor. Oh, Are you God. serious? That's yeah. My cousin. Yeah. Jaja died? Yeah, not hours ago. Miss Jaja Gabor is gone. <laughs> it's not Dude, stopping. I'm related to her. Did How? she slap the wrong cop? Oh my god, that's too soon. <laughs> okay, oh, she's Jimmy. probably slapping death right now. How are you Punk a Gabor? <laughs> How? Yeah. It's my uh, my grandfather on my mother's side, second cousin's family. 
Holy Jesus fuck. Oh, wow, you were being serious, and I totally made a joke. I'm such a I know, no, it was, it's for real, yeah. <laughs> he, always, he always bragged about it growing up. He's like, we're related to Shawshank and Barb, you know, all the time. Yeah, well, you're not anymore, so. That's can, true. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that's sad, though. I mean, you know, she had her good times, and she was uh, an absolute, like, trademark of the 80s. Anybody who grew up in the 80s was quite familiar with people like Zsa who – even though they were actresses, they were more famous for being themselves. You know what I mean? But dude, mm-hmm. she was in a Nightmare on Elm Street three, The Dream Warriors. She was? What was she in that? She's the one that's on television. Yeah, where Freddie kills her. Oh, and then he right. Out of the wall. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what they're gonna say in her obituary. Best known for her role in <laughs> in the in the scene where we got the line "Welcome to prime time, bitch." Huh? <laughs> well, it's funny that someone so you know the way she presented herself and such. Uh, her probably her biggest claim to fame was Green Acres. I mean, or was she? Green, was, or was that her no, sister? That was, her was that sister. Ava? That was what the hell sister. did Jaja oh, even that's, do then? Jaja Gabor. No, that's her sister. I, yeah, that might be Ava Gabor because there were two. It of is them. Ava Gabor. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, Ava Gabor. I and get Eddie the magic Albert, right? smelling hair. Yes, a golden superstar <laughs> for Casey yes. Pierce for getting that one right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so what did she even do? What do we know Jaja uh, for? Moulin Rouge in 52. Oh, please. Come on. The original? Yeah, because I've heard of... Because I knew that. <laughs> she was more of a know. fabulous public figure, you know? I mean... Exactly, which the 80s were full of, you know? Just weird yeah. people, like weird entertainers, like Liberace, you know? Like... Like, and Donald Trump's, you know what I mean? Even Donald Trump was like one of those trademark, like, characterizations of the 80s. Like, he, he, he looks familiar standing next to, say, Mr. T. You know what let's, I mean? Let's not talk about Trump. Let's just but not talk about Trump. I'm just saying. Do you know what I mean? There's those lasting ones, and they're still around nowadays. But you know, it was it was kind of an 80s shine for them. You know, but I know she's been sick for a long time. Either way, but. she died at 99 years old. That's one of those yeah. like ah, almost made it. Almost. So that, made it. That's what Kevin Smith calls a big bucket of win. Like yeah. 99. That's that's I, a good one. You lived. You, you know, yeah. here's the here's the thing though. Like. There's been a huge death pool of celebrities, right? But I feel like people are just kind of, you know, waiting on the next one. And most of these people from were from an era that's ending. And we have to remember, um, old people die. You know, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not just 2016. <laughs> these people were old. Like John Glenn. Oh, my God. I saw somebody post like, John Glenn died. What else could go wrong? Or how bad does it get? I'm like, the dude was 95 years old. Right. He like, probably wanted sh- to go. Yeah, you know? it's it's different when it's yeah someone in their nineties. It's but yeah, it's not the same thing when like Prince dies. It's like what the fuck? Right, he was people not that just old. love the impending gloom. I guess people love drama. And well, that's come on, part of it. this this even if this is some sort of strange cosmic uh, coincidence where this certain kind of generation or all these people happen to go in one year, this is crazy. This is you have to admit that even. Factually, if there's no reason behind it, just to have this many familiar names go in one year, like we get shocked when we had the threesomes. Like, remember uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Jim Henson, and there was one more, I think, and they all went on one day, and that was flabbergasting back then. And in 2016, I mean, it's over like 50 well names, well known names, I think, at this point. Like, that's just weird. Like, if you know anything's what, though- weird, that's fucking weird. If I could get woo-woo for a minute and spiritual, I've always seen, especially when somebody legendary dies, 
it's especially like um, if you take the Tiro, for instance, or any time there's something uh, in reference to death spiritually. Death means new life. And I always feel like if somebody legendary dies, it gives room for more of a rising power, more room for people to, um, I guess, expand their own talents and become more well-known and take take up that mantle. You I know, can I see feel that, like yeah, yeah. It, I, it just it kind of makes room. And when Bowie died, that was the one that hit me the hardest, and that was in January. That kind of kicked it off. And, uh, I'm, you know, it made me look at my life, and I'm like, I want to be that legendary when I go. And I feel like all these people dying, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm going to take this as a positive. Maybe it's Not some that sort they of weird go, sign. But... You know, like maybe right, some, it is. like a weird inspiration where they're like, look, all you youngins, most of the things you make today are shit. So we're going to take away all the good ones <laughs> to remind you of how shitty the shit you're making is and take away the people who made the good shit. So get off your asses and start making better shit. Right. You Somebody's got to take up these mantles, man. Step <laughs> your game up. You know, so, yes, it's been uh, a crazy year for celebrity deaths indeed. And, you know. Lots of different ones probably hit lots of different people. Uh, you know, strange, strange years, strange times. But like I said, there were a few positive points. Uh, one having happened not, not a day ago in my life, but kids, we have been given more Star Wars and what a hell of a good way to end the year. Rogue won a Star Wars story. Uh, I saw it. I believe everyone here has seen it. We have some differentiating opinions oh, yeah. about the movie, uh, as was uh, earlier discussed this evening on the Ninja Starship podcast itself. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, tell us, before we get into the movie too much, what's uh. it like to be one of the two people who live on the planet <laughs> Earth who really didn't dig on this movie? I feel pretty good and confident. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Jimmy one of those people that hates fun? Is, is he one of those guys that no. just hates fun? No. no, no, not at all. I love fun. <laughs> I love Star Wars. I didn't want to get too into this on your show, being your show, and we we're kind of going where we were going. But I'm, I am a little curious. I want to get a little deeper into what exactly you didn't like about it, and okay. you know, not that I want to rip it apart with you or anything, but you know what I mean, like just like. As take the Star Wars out of it, take away the whole discussion about how this movie was more for the hardcore fans and Episode Seven was more for the families and to bring everybody back. What as a movie weren't you a fan of? Like you know, just take the Star Wars right out of it. You know. Okay. Um. Well, before we even really get into that, like I, I am, I want to let everyone know that I am really open-minded to be educated on the things that I didn't like and maybe there's something I missed because I did go into this movie wanting to love it. I really did. As far as taking the Star Wars out of it completely and just reviewing it as a movie, I thought the first hour of the movie was edited absolutely horribly. We jumped around from this place to this place to this place uh, and and I felt it was unnecessary for that. You know, I, I felt at that point was it was just bad writing. Like, okay, you want to put these things into the movie, these, okay, Kyber Crystal Mine, now we're on the Imperial ship, now we're on this place. Uh, you know, that kind of thing really took me out of it. Um, the character development 
as far as uh, Jen Urso, uh, you know, she, we see her at five, six years old, and then boom, she's 20. There's all this time that she was raised by Saul Guerrero that we don't know, don't ever see, and not even a hint of, except for the fact that he opens up the spider hatch or wherever that she's hanging out in. There's there's such a loss and, and mischance for character development for you to actually give a shit about this character. I didn't care about not one of these characters on my first viewing of this movie. But I, I, when I left the theater after the, my first viewing, I was fucking angry. There's no other way I could describe <laughs> wow. it. I was so wow. fucking angry. Okay, okay, hold on. Okay, I didn't, I didn't love it. You know? <laughs> did you? Did you? Did, okay, is that in general like a huge thing for you, the character development? Because I hear where you're coming from, but to play devil's advocate to that. Uh, You've got one story that you're trying to tell in one shot with characters that you're never going to hear from again. They had a lot to fit in. Yeah. Are these is it is just is that just kind of not your cup of tea where you just don't have the time to go that far with something? You'd rather sit and watch like a series of movies or a TV series or a really long movie where you can get deep into these people. Kind of what you're going with. I think it it doesn't even have to be that man as long as there was there could have been two or three minutes of 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 some kind of you know uh story a little thing of 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 Jen Erso and Saul Guerrero something something to to make me care more about her as a character you know that like I dude I I show up to a movie like I'm buckets of sap I am the biggest pussy when it comes to watching movies okay like I cry immediately at stuff now I want like I, I dude I cried four times I saw episode seven four times in the theater I cried every single time now when I was in this movie I didn't feel any emotion but what the fuck is going on <laughs> I totally hear from you it's I hate that it's just as simple as I disagree. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm trying to, like, piece it apart. Cause I personally, I got real hooked on these people real quick. And I knew where it was going as far as, okay, we're basically going to spend the last couple days of these people's lives with them and have to just catch up. And I kind of, I, I was okay to go with it that way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I wasn't, I went to the movie honestly with very low expectations because A, this wasn't a movie that I was ever excited about at any point. At no point from its announcement to when I went to see it was I like, yeah, because no Jedi, no lightsabers, not my cup of tea. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I appreciate those things and I understand there's people that are huge fans of those different areas of Star Wars because there's so many different areas to be fans of, but I wasn't there. My expectations were so low that maybe that helped out with why I was so blown away by this movie. Cause I didn't expect as much good, not character development, but character writing as we actually, I felt like I got, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So well, I know Casey, Casey, you of everybody I've touched to emotionally, this movie hit you the hardest. It did. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you, I could, I couldn't even talk. I couldn't breathe. I was going to break down in front of everybody in the theater because Jason was like, are you all right? I'm like, don't ask, don't talk to me right now. Was this because beginning it was one to of those end? moments. Wow. Yeah. I just, I said, you got to give me one minute, dude, just one minute. Um, you know, I, and I, I'm still having trouble articulating exactly what I felt, but, um, I, and I know I've spoken to Jimmy about this, that we all love star Wars for a huge universe of reasons. Um, 
And each film, even the people who really love the prequels, it spoke to um, their set of reasons and why they love Star Wars. And, um, you know, myself and Jason, um, it just it spoke to ours. So I'm trying to be fair, you know, and uh, of course, the jumping around from different planet to planet was also a part of being Sans opening crawl, because that would have been wiped out had we not done all the planet jumping and having to explain that. Um, it's almost but, like they did a visual crawl, changed it from being written to like a visual thing, you know? Yeah. And I'm kind of indifferent about that. I mean, I was a little bummed not to see an opening crawl, but then again, we just kind of jumped right into the story. It's like, okay. And, um, you do have a, everybody like, obviously we're going to give spoilers. Um, yes. spoilers in, hard. Yeah. Yeah. We have to, <laughs> um, everyone in this cast is going to be expendable because they're not going to be another movie. I mean, there, there is, and it's called a new hope. Um, you know, but I think what I felt, and, and I, I, again, I spoke about it, to Jimmy about it, and when I was talking to Jimmy, it made me realize that this is the first time that I did not feel as deeply about the characters. For one thing, I didn't get to know them. Um, I didn't have enough time because normally we are used to Han, Leia, and Luke. How long have we known them? For 40 years. 40 years. You know, yeah. longer than I've been alive. Um, so when we saw Force Awakens, all of those emotions came about because we saw them again and we felt like we did when we first had seen them on screen. It brought back that feeling. Um, but in this, I think I felt the cause stronger than the characters. And I think yes, that was what yes. they wanted because we only yes. have this one shot, one go, one movie. Yes. And um, it was very organic. It was very raw. And right down to the battle scenes, um, it was a little less, less sci-fi and more grit because we wanted to feel that cause. This is life and death. And people in the rebellion were even do- doing dirty deeds in order to get shit done. And that's how war is. We are always so used to seeing the rebellion as like, you know, oh, it's, you know, just, you know, so righteous. And, you know, they're all perfect. And, you know, they're for moral, you know, combat and whatever else. But really, this is war. And we have to remember, it's Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I feel like we felt that again, or we, it, yeah. it was brought out in a way that no other film has done that. And for me, and this is hard for me to articulate, the last 30 minutes, just waves and waves of my childhood just started coming back. And oh, when I saw God. Leia's face, I, yeah. I just, I, I lost my mind. <laughs> I lost my mind. I just... Yeah, yeah. You like know, that's one thing I loved about the movie was the pace. I know it started out kind of slow as they like, you know, slowly crawled through the beginning, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but <laughs> by this movie was just pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up till it gave us a last 30 minutes as intense as any fucking movie I've seen. It built to the point where they didn't have to do this, but they killed every single one of their main characters. They didn't have to kill everybody. One person could have been, I swore. I thought that Jin would have gotten away and been the one to give the plans to Leia. I had a feeling that we were going to see Leia. I didn't have it confirmed as a spoiler at any point. I had a small suspicion that we'd see her in some way. And I swore to God in my mind, Jin would have been handing that thing over. But yeah. no, they killed them all. They were like, this is sacrifice. This movie yep. had a higher death count than probably all the other Star Wars movies combined. How many stormtroopers got taken out by that guy with his gun alone? Like, <laughs> at least 30. Just waves of them at a time. Like, 
unbelievable. And I, you know, Jimmy, you and I talked about earlier uh, about Donnie Yen's death. And that was my ball moment. That happened. So not his death in particular, but when he's lying on the ground and, you know, he's dying. And sorry, I don't have the names down yet. I'm horrible with names at, like once I've just seen a movie. So forgive my character descriptions. But, you know, his gun buddy, when he started saying the mantra back to Donnie Yen as he was dying, that's when it broke. That's when the well broke for me and the water started going. It, it, like, it was a cool moment when Donnie Yen was just walking through the fire, like, you know, just like saying the mantra and got to the switch and pressed it and everything. And of course, you know, it's a movie, so he's got to get shot right after. But when, yeah, when his buddy started saying it back to him, that was, that was the moment of the movie for me. That moment hit me the most. But, uh. Baze Malbus. Baze Malbus. Yes, Baze Malbus. But Anthony, yes, do pipe in and uh, give us your two cents on this whole experience. Let's say, well, because for one thing, yeah, this is of, I mean, because we have the original three, the three prequels, the sequel, and now this movie. So this is the eighth Star Wars film, but not in the saga. And it is the most, it's the only war film in all of those movies. This is a war film. Right. Like, this is straight going in, and yeah, Gareth Edwards went into it, and I think they went into it going, the best way to make sure that, you know, that there's no reason that nothing was missed in the next four movies that follow this, is we're going to kill everybody. And so it's basically like the whole movie's a chess match, setting up all the pieces to where everybody dies, and the events take place that we need to take place for episode four to make sense, but at the same time, you know, things have to happen. And so yeah, it was like a giant chess match. I think, uh... Partially for what Jimmy was saying about the the bouncing around at the beginning, I think that's a new movie trying to address basically like uh, the how how much the fans love Guardians of the Galaxy. And that first movie, you go to I think it's three or four planets in the first ten or fifteen minutes, and so it's doing that entry point where it's like okay, we're going here, we're going here, we're going here, we'll meet all these characters, and right. then at the same time, it's addressing the YouTube generation. Because this is honestly the first Star Wars film where you could go into this movie knowing absolutely nothing. And you're going to be at the same point as the Star Wars fans. Because Star Wars fans aren't going in knowing who Jane Erso is or who Chirrut Imwe is. And knowing anything about those characters really actually doesn't matter. Because you're going in. Yeah, I mean, it is hard to do. And so addressing all of that in one film that takes place in the Star Wars universe while not being able to change any part of the storyline afterwards... I right. mean, I, yeah, they, 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 he put together, you know, a nice chess board and all, made all the pieces fall at the end, and I loved it. I only had high expectations for Donnie Yen because he's Donnie Yen. Right. And so I wanted a good fight sequence, which we got. And then when I found out that Alan Tudyk was the voice of the robot, I was like, okay, as long as he's funny, I'm good. Like, those it wasn't are my too funny, though. I'm glad it wasn't, it wasn't too funny. Too funny. Yeah. He, he, he was like robo-asshole. Like, he was awesome. Yeah. He was like if C-3PO actually had a personality and it wasn't yeah. just whiny. The like, funniest line of the movie... Great. Funniest line of the movie was when Donnie Yen gets the bag over his head, and yeah. he's like, "Oh come on, I'm blind." Come on, I'm <laughs> blind. Oh no, I like it when uh, when K2SO walks up, Jane Erso shoots the first bot, and then he walks up behind. Yeah. And, Did you know that wasn't me? <laughs> he's like, "Oh, you would have shot me, bitch." Yeah. Oh, that's not that's not nice. That was a, a movie. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about the technical aspect a little bit. Uh, um. Because it's Star Wars, so you kind of have to. And they're always going to try to do new things and, you know, and push the boundaries. Now, they did a lot of cool things, including 
using old unused footage from the original Star Wars A New Hope in this movie, which meant we got to cool. we got to see Golden Blue Leader again, which was and unbelievable. Red five. Yeah, and Red 5 who they set up to die so Luke could take the mantle, which is yep. very cool indeed. Now, the space battles themselves, Jimmy, tell you tell me you at least enjoyed the space battles. Yeah, I enjoyed the space battles. Oh, wow. Those were some crazy dogfights. I thought they were so well done. I thought it was just, of all the Star Wars movies, I thought they just took the cake as far as space battles. Like, holy smokes, you know? Well, and like in Force Awakens, we see crash Star Destroyers on a planet, but we've never seen somebody actually slam a Star Destroyer into a planet in a fight. And so that was really cool to watch that in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it was it was cool just to just the planning. There was so much of it. I could see how the movie might be a bit much for people because there's a fucking boatload going on. But you know, it's it was like you were saying, Casey. It's nice to get on the ground level of it all, you know, and not just be seeing it through the through the commander's eyes and through the you know imperial leader's eyes and the leaders of the rebellion's eyes, like. You know, getting to see it through the people who are about to die. <laughs> and, right, and, and and they, you got that sense that when they went rogue, that you know these people knew that they were probably going to die. You could just feel that. And mm-hmm. I, when I felt that when they stood up and they were just going to risk their lives based on her word, and that was it. That to me was a beautiful moment, and that's when I started first getting emotional. Nice, uh, Tarkin. What'd y'all think about Tarkin? Hated it. I thought it was really yeah. well done. I don't think the human eye, I don't, I don't think they're anywhere near the point where the human eye will be able to not distinguish between real and digital. But given that, I think it was an incredible achievement. I, I didn't, I, I didn't think twice about it. Me I mean, neither. maybe, maybe but because the I was lips, just, man, the lips yeah, is that, what did it for me. Yeah. yeah. He, he was the better of the two digi actors, but it was still like there were scenes where he almost fit into the sequence and the lighting was right. And then other times where they would turn the camera, it's like, oh, that's just glaringly bad CGI. So they couldn't have had Tarkin as more of an overlooming character that you didn't really see or maybe saw and he didn't have to speak. Yes, you know what I think I'm saying? I think they could have. I think they did take a dare. I think they went for oh, they, it on it this was, one. This movie yeah. was made with nothing but huge balls, man. Like, I mean, I'll give kudos to that. Like they took major balls to make a movie like this. Yeah, yeah because yeah. they could have done. They could have had an old guy standing there, and you only saw Grand Moff talking from behind, and you know, yeah. and like he hardly ever spoke. They could have easily done that. But yeah, right. yeah, it does. I mean, they they did try to push the envelope and try to get CGI actors to you know to really fit into the sequences. I think it was for Tarkin. It was great because he naturally just has that chiseled face. Yeah, so. I think that. I think that makes it easier to make a it, it representation does. that looks more realistic. Because yeah, any other character, it, it would be yeah. harder to do. Leia looks so wrong because she looked like a doll. They were trying to do young Carrie Fisher. And yeah, if you do skin with no like blemishes, like she looked fake. She looked pretty fake in the first movie, though, if you go back and take a look. <laughs> like, you know, like. She did look pretty China doll back then, you know? Well, she had good skin before all the drugs. I mean, we're talking British accent, Leia, right? So this is like, (laughs) this is... I saw actually somebody put a picture up of, uh, what's her name? Eleven from Stranger Things. Miley, what's her name? Bobby Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, And they, they, it was a comparative picture of her and like a young Leia. 
and it was it, it was it was cool it was quite impressive when you see them side by side from like a certain angle you know what i mean mm-hmm. and uh there was there was a lot of similarity there um a lot of the the digitalness with the characters and stuff was those two stuck out to us because you know they were they were ballsy and they were you know they were a big effect unto themselves but there was probably so much in that movie we didn't even realize was digitally altered to a certain extent that, you know, we probably were fooled more than we even know. I was you know too caught I mean? up being five years old to even notice anything <laughs> like that. Well, and what I, I mean, one of the things I read said that K2SO was pretty much all digital through the entire film, and you don't notice that at all. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. you know, it's as much as you do even notice it. You know, in for episode two, there wasn't a single clone suit made. They didn't make a single actual physical clone trooper suit for ab- for episode two, Attack of the Clones. It's all digital. Every That's single bad. every single clone in that movie is digital. At some points, looks great. At some points, looks like a goddamn cartoon. So yeah. uh, it's definitely still a work in progress. But I mean, even you know, you watch some. You, have you watched Jumaji lately? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People yeah, some of the old ones car- hold up better yeah. than some of the other ones. Go back and watch the first Jurassic Park. It's People still amazing. Forget how far still holds up, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought to myself. I'm like, man, we've come mm. a long way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to address uh, – <clears throat> I did a reaction video on Facebook right after I saw the movie. And it did quite well. Uh, a, little, a fuck ton more people watched it than I ever expected to watch it. We were and, all waiting on your review. Let's get real. <laughs> you are Mr. <laughs> Mr. Star Wars. I wasn't expecting that, to be absolutely honest. I was like, okay, cool. I just, uh, you know, I was so excited. I wanted to get it right off. So I did. And I want to address part of it. Now, what I said in that, because I, I didn't want to do any spoilers when I said that. Now, what I said about the movie, I said it was for more of the hardcore fans. And what I did not mean by that was the fan service. I just need to clarify because it's come up a few times that, and I know a lot, one of the things a lot of people don't like about this movie is there was a little bit more fan service than they would have liked as far as like, you know, running into, uh, you know, Panda Baba and shit on, uh, yeah, you know, and the, Man. yeah, and running into people, those kind of little cameos people weren't huge fans of because it kind of distracted them from this cool story going on. I totally get that. That's not what I meant. What I meant was if you've read the stories, if you've read the comics or the books, or even watched the cartoons like droids and, you know, Ewoks, it, this movie just showed me that they're still willing to tell Star Wars stories in different ways. Yeah, they're in not new lost. ways. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in experimental ways that may not always work, but in my mind, this movie gets me one step closer to a Knights of the Old Republic movie or TV show, right? <laughs> like, if prequels can work, we can go way the hell back. You know what I mean? So Well, and I like the idea that Star Wars should be pushing that edge and trying stuff like putting digital actors in there. When you look back at 77 and all the actors on set had no idea what they were really doing when they talked about the movie the first time through – because almost all of it was going to be done with miniatures and digital effects that they were inventing that day. Like right. none of that yeah. stuff it existed. Mm-hmm. They made it up as they were inventing the films. Like that's insane. Yeah, and when you see some of the the concept art for Star Wars, like at one point Yoda was like a little blue like 
Hobbit person. Oh, yeah. If you look at McQuarrie's artwork compared to what's on the screen, there's huge changes. Yeah. And what was his name? His, he, it was, uh, it was Mace Yoda. I think so. Yeah. It sounds that right. was his name was going to, that's where the Mace came from for Windu years later was that it was going to be Mace Yoda. And it was like something Mace Yoda or whatever, you know, and, uh, one of the coolest, coolest Easter eggs in this movie though was mentioning the Guardians of the Wills. Did you catch that, Anthony? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I heard it, but I didn't. I didn't know what it was. Oh my god! The, the original script. The original, original, original script is. I'm getting Luke, this wrong a little. I don't have it in front of me, but it's something Luke, along Luke, the Luke, adventures Luke of the adventures yeah. of Luke Starkiller, as told by the no, the adventures of Luke Starkiller from the journals of the Guardians of the Wills, comma comma the Star Wars. Nice. That's the original script title of Star Wars. Thanks God he didn't go with that. Yeah. You know, so they basically cut everything out but Star Wars. Take all this part, throw it out, save Star Wars. (laughs) But they actually went ahead and mentioned the Guardians of the Wills in this movie, which is – that's as old a callback as you can get. Those were the original Star Wars words ever written. And that was a really nice homage. And there was that's the like having stuff. like Metallica's demo tape. Like that's what that shit is. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, nice. Yeah. We saw the blue milk, right? That's mm-hmm. it's always fun to see those little tidbits. But that's not what I meant. What I had meant was yeah, these new ways to tell stories. If you ever read the Rogue One or the the Rogue Squadron novels, this was very fitting. If you've read the new Marvel comics, you get to continue following the adventures of Green Squadron. Which Green Squadron didn't even exist until Marvel started making the new versions of the Star Wars comics, and then they added it to this movie. So you actually see Green Squadron in this movie. So, you know, there's, the connections are fun, the connections are cool, but it just shows to me, a fan of the other things that they did, that they aren't ignoring the option. They aren't ignoring the the expanded universe. I mean, I think the biggest, biggest thing they did this year was bring back Admiral Thrawn. To actually make him yeah. canon again was such a thank you to the fans, such a such a wise decision to make that I think that was one of the best things they did this year. The fans were overjoyed to know that Admiral Thrawn was... And they did him well, too. They did him justice if you watch the cartoon. Seriously... Jimmy, I don't know if you've started catching up, and I don't even know if you care to, or if you other guys are watching, but you guys, Star Wars Rebels is an insane cartoon. I'm halfway it's, through the second season. I love the first season. Oh my, I, it is so not what I expected. I mean, Clone Wars, the first movie for Clone Wars, they were like, here's more kids, Star Wars. And as Clone Wars went on, it went further and further away from the kids when they realized little kids don't like Star Wars. I, like, they're not as obsessed as they are with it as Pokemon and Minecraft and these other things going on right now. It's, you know, they like it. They'll go with their family. They'll enjoy it. But it's not the pull it was for us, right? So they kept going where now we've pretty much got this more adult than child cartoon in star Wars rebels. And they're pulling out all the stops on that show. Like all the stops. I, I want to see that. Oh, oh my God. And God bless him. They still got Darth Maul going. I mean, 
If you haven't seen Rebels, uh, Casey, if you haven't seen Rebels, you're missing lots of Leia because Leia is on the goddamn show. What the fuck? An 18 year old learning to command Leia is on the show. Star Wars. I'm writing this down. And you're missing badass chicks like Sabine. Sabine is awesome. Sabine's amazing. Yeah, she's super cool. But I mean, we have a Jedi. Like, they gave me a Jedi. I didn't think Rebels would have any Jedis in it, and they gave us Kanan. And thank God they did, because now we have Kanan and Ezra, which means more Jedi stuff could have continued. You know what I mean? Like, who knows what's going to happen? Yoda claimed to be the last of the Jedi, and in expanded universe-wise, he wasn't. We knew that he wasn't. In canon-wise now, will he be? When he said to Luke, when I am gone, the last of the Jedi will you be? We don't know if that's true or not yet until we see what happens to Kanan by the end of Rebels, right? Because, yeah. you know, their ship was in this movie. Their ship, the ghost from Star Wars Rebels, can be clearly seen in the, the you know, Rebel Alliance fleet in Rogue One. And also, yeah, I knew people were talking about there was a Rebels Easter egg, but I didn't catch it. So I didn't there's know several was. of them. If you listen to the announcements as the uh, as they're having that conference over the conference over the announcer, they call for General, uh, oh, what's her name? The the, the Twi'lek from Rebels, uh, Siliban? Yeah, Siliban, I think. I think I'm getting that right. But her and her father, who are both on Star Wars or on Rebels, uh, you know, it could be either of them. But they were mentioned over the comm, which means people from Rebels did in fact survive into a new hope. That nice. is now that is now canon. Were one of those people Kanan? Right? Could be. You know, maybe, you know, but that's gonna lead into episode eight shit, which I'm more excited for episode eight than I have been for anything <laughs> since episode one. Episode eight is oh my goodness we get we're gonna get lightsabers we're gonna get jedis we're gonna get the force we're gonna get all the things that make my heart beat strong so i'm very very excited oh. for that what and you, you saying, might get you might get luke training new jedi oh yeah are you kidding we might get just new yeah. jedi in general <laughs> oh, yeah just new jedi in general yeah which yeah. would be awesome because we yeah. haven't seen that yet done in a way where we've seen like jedi go into training get their full training and then come out and be a badass. Like we yeah. haven't actually seen that yet in any of the movies, which is ridiculous because they're pretty much based around the cool concept of Jedi. Yeah. I think it was a serious mistake to leave that deleted scene out of Jedi when Luke makes his lightsaber. I think that was a very important scene that should have been left in the movie. I think it would have added a lot to it. And it's one of the fan favorite deleted scenes that's out there. And to see Luke sitting there using the Force to make his lightsaber, it's 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 a, it's really defining as a Jedi. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because well, because in the lore it's super important, but we've never seen it in a film. Yeah, and so yeah, that like that one thing missing does kind of suck. Because they skipped over a lot of the training back, you know, in in the original movies, like yeah, th- you know, in three days in the Dagobah. movies. Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, so I am a Jedi. <laughs> oh no. So that's cool. Now, uh, Rogue One, I did not expect to see any lightsabers. But guess what, kids? I saw a fucking lightsaber. There's one at the end for damn sure. Holy <laughs> fuck. Remember, the saber. remember earlier when I was talking about how this movie was a nice build-up, 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 and then this crazy 30 seconds, or this last 30 minutes? This last 30 minutes that culminates in a fucking, like, 20-second hallway scene... With Darth Vader 
giving us the most badass Darth Vader we have ever seen in any Star Wars movie ever. Can I tell you one thing, though? The one line I could have totally done without was the the choking on the aspirations line. Yeah, that that line I cringed a little bit. I went, oh. That line was bad. Could have done without that. But, I think but it was Star right, Wars. Made up for it with that with that hallway fight because this is this they yeah. give us the Darth Vader that the Empire that the that that galaxy is afraid of, which we haven't seen yet. We know yeah. Anakin was an evil fucker that killed a bunch of little kids and you know like he was evil, but we never saw Darth Vader actually out stomping the shit out of people. And this yeah. was Darth Vader stomping the shit out of an entire army. That was comics, Darth Vader. We've seen Darth yep. Vader do some seriously cool shit in the comics. And yeah, this, comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is him up on that level on the and screen, which was they, fantastic. They stayed so true. Like when he's having that conversation uh, with the commander there, and it's just you know just before he chokes him, his costume looks horrible. His costume looks like a Halloween costume well, from it looks 1977. Like it, was made in the 70s, yeah. it looks just <laughs> like a New Hope, and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing to see. So, but yeah, just tearing guys up, up against the ceiling, and like some quick lights. He must have deflected like ten laser blasts in like three seconds with that lightsaber. I was, was just amazing. like, yes, 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 yes. And I did not expect them to all die. I really didn't. But they wiped them all out, every single fucking one of them. <laughs> yes, I was expecting everybody to die. All of them, every single one. Yeah, because yeah. Vader don't. Vader ain't no bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know what they said for the first time? I think in a movie, purge. They called it the purge when Bail Organa was talking to Mon Mothma. Uh, you know, he said since the since the since his purge on the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And they've never. Oh really, yeah, you know, when they're talking they, about Order sixty six. Yeah, they never actually call the purge the purge before, and they've called they finally called it the fucking purge. There's a comic called the purge, but they've never said it in a movie, and now they finally fucking did. And I loved nice. that Jimmy Smith's being in there. That Sorry. part was awesome. That, that was that beautiful. Part, that part gave me chills when he walked up, like, oh yeah, Bail Organa's there. Yeah, because there's a really cool deleted scene from Episode three as well that is Mon Mothma, Bail Organa, and Padme. All having a little conference talking about starting a rebellion. And another scene I thought was pretty important that sh- probably shouldn't have got cut out, but you know, I don't make billion yeah, I, dollar I, movies. I so don't know I if know? you, uh, if you guys caught this in the film, but, uh, I hear rebellions are built on hope. I mean, I've heard it 36 <laughs> times. That's, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of negative stuff because I love they, the film. They so hammered much, that I, one a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, come on, bit. man. <laughs> If we get it, yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. it, was, it, it was pretty filled with uh, useless motivational speeches. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jimmy, what are you looking for in Episode Eight? Um, something much better than I witnessed with Rogue One. But, like, but- <laughs> what exactly? What do you want out of your Star Wars? What, like what you're I saying, want- this vast universe, what part of the Star Wars universe speaks to you? Uh, definitely the Jedi's, um, definitely people that have interacted with the characters that I've already cared about because it makes it much easier to care about them. That is something that's big for me is actually caring about the people that I'm watching. Otherwise I cannot be fully immersed into the film as I want to be. Uh, I want to see, I want to see Jedi. I want to see, I want to see Luke. I want to see that that lineage get passed and grow. That's what I'm looking for in eight. Um, on top of excellent space battles, 
Uh, that's what really what I'm looking forward to the most. I want to see the Jedi, the next chapter of the Jedi. Right on, and I hope they bring it to us properly. It's, it's this is the hard part because you know this is when they really start messing with canon when it gets to Jedi, because the Jedi are the most extensively written about subject in the history of the star wars expanded universe Mm -hmm. so you know there's already i think we're talking about this on the last show or your show or some fucking podcast i was doing (laughs) but uh they've already changed the reasoning behind the colors of lightsabers yeah 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 and i it's the one thing they've done so far that i am very not happy with i am very against and rather upset about And that's the only thing that's gotten me really upset that they've done so far. Because originally, you were attracted to your lightsaber crystal. And it would end up being, for whatever reason, the color that you were attracted to. You had two sides to the force. You had the living force and you had the unifying force. You had blue and you had green. Green of the living force, blue of the unifying force. And, you know, just two kind of different schools of thought on being a Jedi, but not so far away that you're still not a Jedi. Uh, red crystals were synthesized. They were fake, and that's why they were red, and that's why the Sith used them. Um, the new canon is that all crystals are clear, and their color is gained through the Force when the Jedi who builds it makes his connection to the lightsaber. Whichever way that Jedi leans most will be the color of that lightsaber. I'm not a fan of that. You know, yeah, I, I would like that either. I think that's kind it's of too, it's too much, man. Again, yeah. it's that one of those things that is attempting to take the religion out of the force. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the metachlorians of, yeah. of, of the new canon <laughs> is what it is. Basically. Well, I don't know if it's that bad. You know, yeah, yeah I'm all for know. heroes finding their uh, being drawn to their own particular color rocks. In various yeah. franchises. <laughs> so, and the, way, and the way they did that in the cartoons was done so well when they had the students go into the mines to find their own crystals and they couldn't help each other. Right. And like had each had to face their own personal challenge to find the crystal that called to them. Like it was yeah. done so fantastic in the cartoons. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the crystal was, I believe the crystal was clear, but then it glowed a color as they got near it. Or something like that. I can't remember how they explained it, but they've played with it. No, I think in the cartoon, all of them, there were different colors all throughout the caverns, but none of the crystals glowed except yours. Right, right, right. So each Jedi would only see one crystal that glowed. Because they were definitely colored on Ilum in the Tartakovsky Clone Wars animated series. And they spent a lot of time on Ilum in that series. And then in Clone Wars, we actually, you know, the, the CGI one, we got to see them go to Ilum and go through the gates and meet the Jedi, you know, the temple guards and shit, right? Yeah. And I can't remember. They might have been all clear then, but I don't remember. Like, if Ahsoka's crystals were clear or not, I can't remember. But either way, I still don't like the new explanation because this changes. Now they're saying that the reason Mace Windu's lightsaber is purple is because he kind of leaned towards the dark side. And I think that's a load of shit. I think, you know, the only thing he ever did that he invented Vapod and Vapod is a form of lightsaber combat that uses dark side kind of elements that aren't really necessarily dark side. They're like anger is the dark side, not aggression. You can be, yes, you can be aggressive (laughs) without it being the dark side, but it's a, it's a teetery tottery path and you have to be one hell of a Jedi to be able to walk that path. Hence Mace Windu. 
So now they're saying the purple color means that he kind of leans towards the dark side. It used to be that he was out on a trial or doing something on a mission, and he basically rescued this race of people on this planet. And they their gift to him was a purple kyber crystal that no one had ever like seen. They're so fucking rare, right? And he used that crystal to make his lightsaber, and that's the old story. See, but, I thought it was just because his lightsaber had his name on it. It said "badass motherfucker." Bad motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> just like his wallet. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I have to bow out of this conversation. That's okay. Um, That's okay. Uh, Thank you for being in this conversation at all, uh, Miss Casey. Not a Pierce. problem. I, I yeah. will. I will leave you with this, though. I mean, no matter what film comes out and how we feel about it, and you know, I, I love that we all have a different, you know, variation of opinion. It doesn't matter what film comes out because there are a lot of films. That I I hated like movies like Twenty Eight Days Later that everybody absolutely loved, and right. I love zombie films that I thought it was absolute garbage. I thought it was abortion, just like Jimmy said about Rogue One. But I think <laughs> <clears throat> until the end of time, we will all feel like George Lucas did ten years ago, and we will be asking ourselves, "What the fuck do you nerds want?" <laughs> yeah. This will never end, and thank God no. for it because we always have something to talk about. And yeah, Casey, you're yeah. right. A rage virus does not make zombies. Yeah, if you they know, run just, at full speed, they're not zombies. No, Do see, they ever call I, them zombies? I didn't mind that. I liked that. No, I, did, I did not no. mind that. It, it was. This is a whole other topic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> different topic. We'll get into it yeah. next time. Okay? Casey, thank you yeah. so much for joining us, darling. Uh, You're welcome problem. anytime. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May the Force be with you, darling. And also with you. All right, guys. Have a good night. Bye, Casey. Thank you. Happy holidays, Bye. Casey. You too. So touching on what Casey said about how I did call this movie an abortion. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bye. <laughs> I um, hated it that much. Really? Well, I, I did. But th- the first time this that was uh, that was something I said after the first viewing. Uh, I did enjoy it more the second time and not much, but I did. Uh, to me, but, like how many it, times as, have you seen it? Twice. Twice. OK. Um, after the second time, I kind of really got to, to take a step back, you know, like I, I wasn't right up front trying to just, you know, be in it. I took a step back and kind of just looked at how this film is composed. And, you know, this is a war movie. I mean, bottom line, this is a war movie. I mean, you have all of your stereotypical war scenarios i mean you even have the 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 save the baby war scene where jen urso has to run out and save the crying baby (laughs) yeah yeah okay i mean you have all of those things like this is a a a star wars war movie not i mean on the ground like more than we've seen in any other star wars movie i mean this is more like vietnam in or vietnam in space okay um I, I will give it the fact that it did take major balls to make a movie like this. This is the first time someone has stepped outside of the saga of the saga on film. This is the first time. That well, if, if, major listen, balls. listen, listen, when I was small and I was young, I loved those fucking Ewok movies, man. So I don't know if we can say this is the first oh, time. Oh, the, the okay. adventures on Endor. Oh man, I, I, Car- I, I, Caravan made, of Courage. Come on, made for TV movies. <laughs> I mean, I mean more or less at this level. Yes, I yeah. guess. Um, yeah. and 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 for that, I will give it as it's 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 good in that aspect. 
Um, just for me personally, it was it was the characters. But for what they did, and the 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 third act, the second time I saw it, like after I saw it the first time, I hated the whole thing. Even the third act, I hated how the ships just showed up. And and then I was educated later that you know when, when they come out of warp uh, warp speed, it's just like boom, they're there. But there's inertial dampeners in the ships that you know keep them from being just bug splatter up against everything. You know, yeah. it was it was those things that I saw that I didn't really you know catch on to yet that bothered me. And then I was told about later, you know, then I'm like, okay, I get it. But still, you know, it was things like that that bothered me. Well, I actually I love that one scene when this right at the end when Vader's Star Destroyer shows up and like a whole bunch of the the escaping ships just they've never done that before. I thought, yeah, I thought that was really cool because they have they've never done that before. And that was pretty rad. The Vader scenes, uh, the Vader scenes were absolutely spectacular. But, uh, you know, just like Casey said, when he does put that, you know, choke one liner in there, I did kind of was like, Ugh. it is Star Wars. though. Yeah. You have to have a certain I was it surprised that cheese, man. But not when it, yeah, I mean, Vader's just such like this dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, maybe if you would uh, <laughs> alluded to the fact that he's a one liner kind of guy through the rest of the other movies and not such a serious <laughs> person, I would have took it that way. But he's been like a seriously tortured person the whole time we've seen this this character and then he's just going to be all like i'm going to be witty at this one time <laughs> well, it, it is still crybaby annie inside that suit right right That's what I mean. like, he should be crying and making threats because he's throwing a tantrum not making cheesy one-liners um but you know like like you did say the 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 lightsaber fight at the end that absolutely fantastic the the vader that i've been wanting to see the vader that i was just blown away by in in the new run of the marvel comics in in the in the darth vader run that's the vader that i was like holy shit this is amazing i saw that vader so for that i will say you know thank you lucasfilm but for the rest of it learn learn for the next one (laughs) i think i think this could seriously lead to talk of a vader movie oh yes oh yes like and their comics have proved you can do the stories uh they cut off the one line, which was interesting, and I don't know how I feel about it, because well, when when they yeah. go in the elevator and uh, you know K two S O is like uh, or whatever fuck he's like uh, I've got a bad feeling, and they tell him to shut up, mm-hmm. and I was like oh they didn't let him finish the line, which means really <laughs> it technically is the only Star Wars movie that line has never been set in. I don't know if I like that. Well, it's also the first one without a crawl. So I think maybe yeah, it is different. Oh yeah, that was such a just the tip too. Like right in the beginning, it's like (laughs) a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Nope. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I kind of like differentiating it because then I mean, yeah, once we have you know possibly a Han Solo film and then a Boba Fett movie and then you know an Obi Wan Kenobi movie, like when those are all kind of scattered around as just Star Wars films and not part of the main saga. I think it'll be it'll be cool when there's when all of those exist. And just so, now it seems really weird because it's the first one. Did you guys see the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 before it? Yes. yes. Uh, it was the number one trailer, though. It wasn't the I Am Groot trailer. How fucking incredible did that look on the big screen? Oh, you yeah. Know, <laughs> I was I <laughs> blown away by how insanely crisp and beautiful that looked on screen. I know this is sacrilege, but when I saw it and I and I saw the ships just 
you know, the, the, the space fight, like the first thing that came into my head was like, this is how you make a space movie, Star Wars. <laughs> hey, you never know. Maybe we get a, we get, you know, maybe a third Guardians and then James Gunn gets brought in to do one of the Star Wars films. We can always oh, hope. Know, right? We can I always mean. fucking hope because we know he can so do a Star good. Wars movie because yes. he did Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly. A fucking Star Wars movie in a prison. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I was amazed at how good it looked, though. Like, just the quality, like the cameras they must have used or something look. Oh, oh they, that they, movie's going to be rich. Great. Rich. So at least we've got some good things we can look forward to in 2017 that are coming. Plus the Power Ranger eight. movie. <sighs> the Power. Okay, Jimmy, uh, let me ask you. Okay, we've seen uh, the Zords, right? Yeah. They're we, fucking. Oh, so, somewhat, somewhat. We've seen toy versions of the Zord, and we've seen, uh, we've seen the Yellow Ranger Zord. I was gonna say, yeah, one of them's on a poster, yeah. right? But it's only the one. But yeah. is it? Aren't they fucking? Aren't they huge? Like, yeah, yeah. Won't the Megazord be like bigger than the planet? Like. Uh, it'll be up there. I mean, I, you know, now that you're saying that, it's it's going to be up there. I'm talking like probably Burj Dubai level. Like it's going to go above the clouds. I'm pretty sure uh, Power Rangers is also known for having size differential and proportion problems. Things just change size depending <laughs> on the episode. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they'll be like Transformers, maybe a little bit bigger than Transformers when it's fully like, you know, uh, assembled. It's going to be interesting, man. We're also going to get Justice League. Oh, that looks so good. So, you know, uh, Wonder Woman, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, episode 8, which, holy shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Black Panther, what the fuck else is coming? Just, is it Infinity War 2017? Is that one coming in? No. No, uh, gotta wait Thor another Ragnarok. Year for- we got right. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, oh, Spider-Man. Man. We got Spider-Man, and too. Spider-Man Homecoming. And yeah, and Thor Ragnarok is supposed to contain somewhat of Planet Hulk. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see the Hulk in his gladiator armor. It's That's going to look very, fucking cool. uh, 80s metal Thor. Like, yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's going to be fucking All right. Um, one more question before we close this shit out. Did you guys experience the podgasm of Kevin Smith on the Joe Rogan experience for four and a half fucking hours? Yes. <laughs> I have I have not yet. Oh man, Anthony, I figured you would have been all over that shit. It is No, I'm so behind on so many other pods. I'm getting caught up finally on uh Nerdist because I started Nerdist back on episode 1 and I'm in like the 600s now. So Dude, I've still got like I don't know about that one, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got years to go on that one. Have you yeah. been caught up on my show yet? Have you caught up on this yeah, show? Yeah, no. I'm all caught right, up on, I'm caught up on <laughs> Elegant Weapon. I actually haven't started listening to the Starship yet, so I apologize. Oh, that's yeah. okay. It sucks. So, yeah, I, I, stopped, <laughs> I, I stopped listening to uh, the Joe Rogan ones just because they're so fucking long. Like, yeah, you can't catch up on Joe Rogan. Like, he'll do a three, four, five-hour podcast, like, yeah. and he'll put out three or four a week. It's like, what the fuck? Who has yeah. this much time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I still have a job. <laughs> and I have a job I can't listen to podcasts at, so, yeah. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> I got a brand-new iPhone 6S this weekend. And I'm having a real hard time getting used to the bigness of it. Oh, like, one of the giant really, tablets. Yeah, you got to retrain your hand to fucking <laughs> hold a phone that it's been holding and using expertly for fucking years. You know what I mean? So uh, there you go, kids. That's 2016. Uh, 
we managed a whole bunch of more episodes in. We're a little behind on track if you're counting by years. That's because uh, we weren't weekly when the show started out. Kind of went when we wanted to. And, uh, you know, we missed well, some weeks here and there because this ain't my fucking you, job. You do occasionally <laughs> you know, go visit a con, you know, once or twice or 14 times a year. Yes, once <laughs> or twice. Uh, we got some good shows we're looking forward to. Speaking of the great Philadelphia Comic Con, April 7th to 9th. Are you going to make it out, Bachman? What's the deal? Uh, probably not because I'm looking at going to Emerald City. And so uh, there's no way I'll be able to save up money again in less than a month to make well, it listen, to Philly. So. You and I are the last ones to meet, man. Like, you're my last yeah. internetter Which, that I have never met. Like I was trying things. to get you to come around Emerald City, and then fucking Kanapa goes and takes everybody to Philly on me. Hey, man, shit happens, man. <laughs> shit happens, yep. man. But, uh, yeah, we have to make that happen at some point this year. Uh, you're uh, not that far away, are you? Like Idaho, I'm... I'm on the other coast, basically. <laughs> on no, the other my, coast? Is my, that my, way out west, really? Yeah, I'm way out west. The only thing between Idaho and the ocean is Washington and Oregon. That's it. We're one state in. But well, yeah, he's, I, in, he's in potato land. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> my plan is Emerald City this year, and then I'll come out of that just flat broke. And then I'll start saving up, and next year I will get a passport, and I will come to Toronto. Fuck yeah. We're going to have some great shows this year, kids. It's going to be fun. Philly and then, of course, Motor City Comic Con, Novi, Michigan. That's like May 21st, I believe. No, 13th through, through the 15th. 13th through the 15th. Uh, is that right? Yes. Yes. I thought it was a week later at this point. Last time I checked, it was 13th. I'll tell you right now. I'm a yeah, find out right <laughs> now, because I thought that was TCAF, because I thought TCAF was like the week before. I thought Motor City had gone back to being on our May 2-4 Victoria Long weekend here in the Canada. All right, it's loading right now. It says, <laughs> oh, yeah, 19th, 20th, and 21st. Right on. It's a week man. later. They moved it. Yeah. Because every year I, I miss it because I miss TCAF because of Motor City and uh, Toronto Comic Arts Festival, which uh, I'll be happy to be able to attend this year. So we'll be there, kids. Uh, we're hoping to squeeze in Denver. Uh, I'd love to get back to Denver, uh, hooking up with the El Hawkes and uh, seeing what uh, we can maybe do there. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun year. To all the people that have guested been involved with, uh, graced with their presences or any which way on this show in the past year. I cannot thank you enough. I've talked to some amazing people and had some wonderful conversations about some incredible stuff. And, uh, I'm very, very proud and honored that you'd all share, uh, your creative geniuses with me and the world through this platform. This uh, tiny little tool we use to uh, make ourselves uh, feel good about ourselves um, and listen to ourselves drown on and gabber-gabber with our friends forever. So uh, you know it, kids. Uh, Anthony Bachman, all things good and nerdy, uh, CMYK TV. Uh, Jimmy McKnight, the Ninja Starship podcast. Guys, thank you so much for closing out the year with me. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me, man. You have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You as well. Indeed. Uh, Enjoy your Canadian holidays. 
<laughs> These yeah, Canadian the Christmas. Yours. Yeah, totally. With your Canadian yeah. Jesus. Wouldn't that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wouldn't that blow you away if you we were like, no, for real, we totally have yeah, Christmas on a different date. <laughs> Praise <laughs> we, the Lord, we, eh? We put, we put tin bits on the tree, and Jesus has an extra you in it. <laughs> uh, oh, it's good times. Uh, <laughs> kids, we love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Anyone who ever has, uh, you're an absolute darling. But that is all we are going to have this year on an elegant weapon. Take it easy.